Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse, and for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. We've got science to celebrate David's bliss now. After Come on! There is a in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true. It's real. Dinosaur fossils? I'll have to put those here to test our faith. A damn lie. I, I saw them on my own eye. Did I accuse just... Drop sharply while I was away. We did illusions, man. None of it is true. I'm not This is mass madness, you maniac. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. All right, three, two, one. All right, bro, so we're here. I don't know why I'm counting it in because we're just talking. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I, I feel so burned out. So I'm Juan from the One One Podcast. It's gonna be a swapcast. We got. You can introduce yourself. Anyway. Yeah, this is Andy Rouse from the Deep Share Podcast. What's going on? This is gonna be a fun time. The deep. I don't think either of us have any agenda necessarily for this evening, unless you know I don't have any real important things to talk about, unless it just randomly comes up. I just got done doing two presentations. Back to back, I did one on Donut Factory, on the homunculus history, and that mm. that's not out yet. But shout out to Donut. He got Alex Jones played one of his clips on Alex Jones show. <laughs> oh shit! So shout out to Donut because he's a really cool guy, and hopefully Donut. that'll be out soon on the on his channel, the homunculus rising, the strangest story ever, story ever told, where I go deep. And I'm talking about deep on the homunculus. And oh, I want to hear that. I did one on Pythagorean palaces. And, and I did that. The number magicians, number forms, and arquitectura imaginales. Uh, this thing, this research that I did on, on Emily Moyer's show. So I've, I've, I'm like exhausted. I'm taking a fucking break from <laughs> doing any research of any kind. Like I'll pick up. My, I'm reading a fiction book right now, which I usually yeah. don't ever do. But it's still esoteric, so it's like You're it's gonna be there. it's gonna be for my other show, the Occult Book Club. So, Hell yeah! Uh, it's gonna. I'm just taking a break. I'm not really looking into anything. I've just been really perked up about the whole Pythagorean Palace thing, That's where cool. they they adhere to certain principles in order to reflect, in order to encapsulate a higher dimension within that building. Mm-hmm. So all the Greeks built their buildings a certain way according to Vitruvius, and he yep. was inspired by Pythagoras and Pythagoreanism, all his number, and I relate the all his number thing to the Matrix. I think that Pythagoras was right by saying all his number, and if all is number, it's binary code, and it's binary code, it's a simulation, and if there's a simulation, then there's a creator. There's a programmer, oh, yeah. there's an architect, or whatever it is. Hmm. Perhaps. Well, I mean, definitely, but I think there's a lot of nuance there that we are going to have to uncover, you know, because the, the idea that binary equals simulation is interesting when we find it in nature, because that would almost be that simulation is mimicking nature, Oof. not the other way around. Oof. Well, 
The Pythagoreans also said that everything that exists in the world is an imitation of number. So I would say the entire material plane is an imitation of what exists, you know, unseen, right? The theory of forms. It's a, exactly. it's a reflection of a higher, more divine world, which the problem with that is that it demeans this reality. That's, does it though? Or does it just put it where it is, right? I mean, we admit this all the time in our everyday lives, right? It's not the, it's, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, right? That's kind of what materialism is. And it's a part of life. It's a part of us. It's a part of everything. And I would say that it's, you know, to me, life is very alchemical. So the physical and the, uh, they you know, say gross interpretation of reality is uh, just as valid and important because from our, I mean, then again, that's from our perspective as humans. So who knows? So, I mean, maybe stepping outside of it, you see the folly in this illusion or something, but I don't, I don't know. I, I have a hard time with the illusion part because it feels like a hoodwink. It feels like transhumanism. It feels like uh, when I first came back from psychedelics, when I was too young to really understand what was going on, uh, you know, you can be very easily influenced. So the idea that everything was like quantum physics, man, and holy shit, this entire life that we're living is an illusion, man. It's fake. It's not even real. But that right there is where they hope that you're going to get off the train. Mm. And that leads to nihilism and atheism and all the rest. But if you stay on the train, you find out that it's not an illusion. It's just this is like the, the, the actual thing that God or whatever consciousness has been thinking about and finally put into action. Now, how is that not valid, right? I like that. I like that. This conversation got real deep, real quick. Real quick. <laughs> so, my 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 whole thing with that is, where well, I I agree one hundred percent with you. Where you're talking about where if they paint this the worst picture possible, if they mm -hmm. this reality is a very gnostic again platonic, and we're idea. all superheroes. Remember, in a higher dimension, <laughs> it's a very platonic thought of the whole. The demiurge, because that's who who came up with the idea of how this 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 body is a prison. It's a shell. It's a hollow shell, and it's it has it, it houses our soul, whatever that is, and it houses our consciousness, whatever that is. Right. And if for somehow they if they can demonize that or criminalize that, I can see where you're talking. Where they'll come in and be like, "Hey, here's the Faustian pact. Would you mm. like to have all the knowledge ever?" Just put this little chip right here in the back of your head, right? It's called the neural link. It's going to mm -hmm. link you to you know, consider it a hive mind and you'll be linked in there. And it's going to be great because now you can download your consciousness into this USB drive. And whenever you're feeling sick, here's altered carbon. Here's a new skin suit. Here's a new flashlight for you. Mm -hmm. And here we are. And it's just going to a click of a button. Boom. You have all your memories and everything downloaded into this new other shell the synthetic shell now right right did you know that back then people married statues and statues could marry each other really is this yeah. similar to like that chick that married a bridge a couple of years back 
woman, I apologize. I'm from the 90s. I'm an asshole. <laughs> so I got this book and I was flipping through it today because by my one of my now new favorite authors, George L. Hersey, and it's called <laughs> Falling in Love with Statues. And he he goes deep. And I, I don't think this is available online. You have to actually buy a copy of it. This and is wild. He talks about I was flipping through it, talks about falling in love with statues. And it just made me think of what you're talking about, about letting go of this, whatever this is, and downloading your consciousness into something, a vessel. Well, right. I mean, so the way I look at it is yeah, there's something about the body and the natural process that's essential, you know, and we're all, everybody's afraid of death at some level, even those that say, you know, I ain't afraid of death. It's like, well, you're supposed to be. So that's weird. You know, it's like, it's the thing, but because of materialism and because of reduction, you know, reductionism and, you know, along with this past few years of scientism and this real huge duality going on in science itself, um, you know, we've allowed all of this to start like, kind of taking i don't know popular or the the, po the whole populace like more people it seems are becoming driven towards atheism now than ever before and what that includes is exactly what i was doing when i first fucking got back from psychedelics i was obsessed with carl sagan and and now nah, i don't think degrass tyson was around yet but like everybody that was science-based and atheism-based quantum physics like Sam Harris, all, all these guys that are so fucking materialistic and are missing half of the picture altogether. Right. So it's like, if we can make everyone atheists, everyone's going to be absolutely fucking terrified of death more than ever before, because and even if they don't admit it, Oh, I'm just going to, you know, not think anymore. So it's fine. It's like, well, you're going to be not yourself ever again. So therefore it's panic. It's terror until that day deep down. So I'm sorry, I'm taking so long to get to this, but if you can make people more that way, then they're going to be a lot more apt to jump into a situation where they can possibly extend this forever even if they have to give up their body as long as they don't have to lose their their thoughts and everything and of course it's a fucking trap because that's not going to ever happen you can't download the the, <laughs> the unnameable never, un oh, i'm saying never I, I don't like this idea of bringing the unnameable into this world they've i already they've, they've tried though. i'm gonna tell you yeah how, how? The ancients were talking about this, bro. The ancients. And there's something that I've always battled when 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 going into research about Plato and Pythagoras and, and Thales of Miletus and all these guys, the, the fathers of Western philosophy, because they were yep. just so far ahead of their time for when they were alive. And we're still using stuff, the Pythagorean theorem from 500, 600 today. Yep. That's one of the things I've always said, that we're using the stuff today. These guys were magicians. And I believe that theorems and formulas and all this stuff is a way. So this is how they okay. were able to do it. This is a way. This, is, right. a way, this is a way. I'm going to tell you right now. This is how they did it. And this is how they're doing it. So back then there was this idea that they were fascinated with the way that in court, how you're saying incorporeal, unintelligible things would transcend through different levels of reality. Now, that's just a, 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 a fancy way of saying I have this idea from the ether. It goes into my head from here. I have 
verbal expression. So I talk about it. I make a model or I write it down on paper and then I manifest it. So I make a building or whatever else, other medium. Okay. That's it. But you're right. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's, that's that they've done it already. They've already done it. And that's what it goes back to the, Oh, we do it too. (laughs) It goes back to Euclid. It goes back to Euclid. It goes back to the platonic solids and it goes back to the Cartesian coordinate system because Rene Descartes, which he's the one that talked about the mind body dualism, right? The uh, uh, Cartesian philosophy. He was the the one that I believe again, that mathematics is a form of magic. And I believe that because I have experience with computer assisted design and computer assisted manufacturing. So I know about my background is in electronics engineering and robot and programming robotics. So Mm -hmm. I know about putting code into a G code into a computer and making things. And it's done through these Right, that you have the X and the Y, and then you have the Z axis. That was made by a guy in the year 1500 or whatever it was, 15th, 16th right. century, right? While he right. was allegedly, and I remember reading a book, I remember reading a book that the idea of the Cartesian coordinate system came to Rene Descartes while he was dreaming in a series of dreams. When I went to go back to confirm that for a presentation I did, it changed. Maybe Mandela effect, who the fuck knows? Or maybe I read it wrong and I remembered it wrong because there's a lot of information going on in my head right now. But mm. the the story goes that he was laying in bed because he was very, he would wake up late every single day. He believed in sleeping in and all this stuff. And he would meditate, right? You have Rene Descartes meditations, one, two, and three or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was laying in bed and he saw a fly on his ceiling. And he wanted to be able to tell someone where that fly was in accordance to the X. So it was one, two, three, and then it was up one, two, three. So it was in the X four, Y four. And there it is. And that's how the cart, one of the greatest things ever to, to revolutionize because it, it linked Euclidean geometry and algebra. And did yeah. you know that algebra meant bone setting in the 15th and 16th century, which I found really weird out hmm. the etymology of algebra meant bone setting, but Al, it reminds me of alchemy, right? Yeah. Allah, the sacred. So it's mathematics. It's 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 uh, putting together the broken parts is what it what it comes down to. And it's, I believe it's Arabic, Arabic, uh, Arabic, Arabic. I think it's Arabic. I'm not sure. I have to look at it again. But anyways, this idea that from this, everything that we know today as far as 3D modeling comes from this guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And they link the two worlds together. They link the incorporeal with the physical just from that through mathematics. So absolutely math, through mathematics alone. They've been doing it since freaking the at least the 15th century. But they uh, they were thinking about it again when Plato and Pythagoras and all these guys were there because that was the whole thing with them with the and Johannes Kepler, bro. He was talking about mm-hmm. how the celestial spheres were one. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Shit, yeah. I, let me refine what I, so I didn't mean it that way. What I'm I meant was wrong. I'm just, no, no, no. I know. I know. I appreciate what you're saying. Um, what I kind of was trying to get at is that when and I've said it before I, on the podcast that like br- when you come back from the ineffable, mm-hmm. the ego, the logical mind, has to take over and explain it and can only use memory to put new, new information together. So I don't remember my original point that I was trying to get to with that, but that's <laughs> what I meant at least that our world is filled with, with supposition about mm-hmm. what lies outside of this little bubble we're in. 
I was under the impression that you were like super religious because I've seen you. I, I don't know if it's you. Oh, I'm God, sure no. you. Dude, religious and stuff. I think. <laughs> oh yeah, I use I use that word very freely. Uh, I was I, but I'm not religious. No, I um, I mean, I guess you could say I'm religious about all religions because I'm fascinated by them and shit mm -hmm. like that. But I'm not, and I believe that there is some form of a creator. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's it's um, it's unknowable while we're here, and that's why pretty much every religion itself has been kind of a it's close it's always close you know there's it's like everybody's really close to the truth because we're all human and we all have this internal experience that we you know we're all trying to s explain the same unknowable unnameable world right yeah and it, it you mentioned nihilism earlier because mm. Nietzsche he talked about god is dead and everybody always goes back to, oh, he look at him. He's so God is dead. No, no, no. It's if you read the entire quote, it's God is dead and we have killed him. Right. Right. Because he believed the whole thing of if I think and I was. Raised religious. Right. And, mm -hmm. and I know about that whole world. I did the whole thing. And I, I think that religion does serve its purpose when used yes. correctly. But then they absolutely used it. they've weaponized it now they've weaponized it and i and i just i talked to a theologian on my podcast nice. dr lumpkin and he talked because i i always ask the same question i go where is christianity or or any and or plug in any other major world religion a thousand years from now you still think we're going to be talking about your boy jc or your boy buddha or your boy <laughs> muhammad or anybody else you think we're still going to remember those people or is it and he believes it's going to uh, it's going to evolve the evolution of religion. I think it's going to step away. And maybe who knows, maybe a, a thousand years from now, it's going to be a Saint Elon Musk, bro. Ugh. Or a Saint. I mean, Saint Jeff Bezos. Can you imagine that? A, a yeah, Saint I Jeff can. Bezos? Totally. Yeah, I, I can. Be, fuck. <laughs> at, so like, <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely the human legacy. If we follow this idiocracy path that we're on, for sure, is just continuous false idol worship right i mean that's kind of what's been our bag forever and including that's the thing i totally jive with that that like religion does serve a good purpose in a lot of ways like one of the things purpose well that too yeah but even on the spiritual end of it like i remember ramda saying one time that like as soon as you get it as soon as you feel it as soon as you experience it you want to go into that church that you never used to want to go into and you want to run up and down down the aisles singing all the hymns and telling everybody look right in the books it's telling you the truth it's right there not that in of course he wasn't christian or jesus or anything like that it was about the Christ, the, and you know, I feel like Christ consciousness, that phrase, like, I remember that term. It's been around for a while, but it's kind of been weaponized itself from this new age perspective. And of course, nobody wants, everybody wants to throw the baby out with the bathwater and run screaming from anything, you know, occultish or whatever, because they think it's all evil because of shit like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. I was, I'm rambling now. I can't even remember what originally I was talking about. <laughs> Yeah, no, about because uh, I think that's what I, I saw you post about Christ consciousness where people were well, using it. I, yeah, I don't like that. Well, I'm, I find myself in that middle area where, like, I grew up. Well, I mean, when, after psychedelics initially hit me, that's where I woke up. That's where I was like, that was my first big whoa. We don't when DMT? I was not. Yeah, actually, may or may not have some sitting off camera right now. 
dimethyltryptamine. <laughs> yeah, that, that's shit. Um, really? I, yeah, it's I been a long time he, since I've done it, though. I've the guy who gave me this actually said, he's like, the guy I got this from said, you don't owe him any money because the gods told him he couldn't make money off of it anymore. He had to give it away for free. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had two listeners of the show already hit me up to like, Hey bro, you want to come over and do some DMT? I'm like, yes, person I've never met before. Shout yeah, that's a you. comfortable situation. <laughs> I'm gonna go over to your house and do DMT with you. And yeah. and you you know the flamarian flamarian engraving is the one where it's like the dome and the and the wizards like stepping out of it. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like that. I, I think it would be ignorant to think that number one. Or before we continue, where do you stand yeah. on the whole space thing? Is it is it fake and gay for you or is it a real thing? Like, what do you? <laughs> oh, I definitely don't think it's fake. I don't think these assholes have the ability to create, so they have to just twist the truth. Um, you don't really f- twist that like that. You know, it's, I think it's not what it seems. I think NASA is mm-hmm. never a straight answer and it's a money laundering, but it's worse than money laundering when you start getting into Crowley and, and, uh, and, uh, yeah. You know, Parsons and them, yeah. JPL and all, all that whole thing, you know, and all those connections. So it's not just money laundering, but I yeah, remember- all of that is full of shit. I'm again, I find myself in the middle. This is, you know, to connect what I was saying before, just on a, a different topic. I talk to flat earthers, but I don't, I don't know that the earth is flat and I don't think the earth is flat. Mm. I would be open to it. If it was, yeah. I wouldn't be standing there like bullshit. I'd be like, okay, cool. Okay. What was I missing? My friends were convinced. Or what does it change? What's that? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it changes some things, you know, but because, well, to me, it's like, there's a lot of spheres in mathematics. There's a lot of, I mean, is that part just fake? You know, uh, sacred geometry also it's all about these uh you know as above so below and i actually asked a man that i legit respect uh eric eric dubay i mm-hmm. asked him like you know what do you think of as above so below because i know you have a lot of interests outside of flat earth and you don't fall towards the christian side of things you're more esoteric you love all this kind of shit what about as above so below how does that fit and he he just he told me about yggdrasil and i was like oh cool that's awesome thank you really okay that clears some things up for me but i walked away going all right but that's always been to me a (laughs) cognitive model of consciousness not of a physical earth or what we're living on like Mm -hmm. that whole yggdrasil tree is so utterly and as is all the other models of the earth from these ancient symbolic you know which is my religions these were not you know i know that we go hard to get literal translations versus metaphor in religion and it's it's a really it's such a difficult crux to be a part of because like i believe that there's both there is a lot of literalism in religion and all the mythologies but there's also metaphor and I think they're all stewed up together and it's very, it takes a long time and we're missing like, we're missing like the keys to how we should be separating things. If that yeah, makes any the, sense. The, the code and my, my favorite earth cosmology shape orientation, whatever. There's this book from the 1800s called Christian topography. Interesting. And it talks about how the earth, it, the universe and the earth is, uh, 
in the shape of a tabernacle, but it's also like a chest. So you open it. Sounds in like hollow earth. <laughs> oh yeah. Almost like, but I'll pull it up, but it's really interesting. It's really, yeah, that sounds cool. I want to see this. Um, speaking of hollow earth, I would, I would rather say like cavernous earth, you know, I think it's probably more like that. And if there's like cities down there and shit and people or something, that'd be pretty cool. And I think it's possible. Maybe there's cave systems the size of fucking Manhattan, you know? Oh, there but, is though, dude. Have you ever seen the, I, I believe it's the, I don't know how to say it. it's Vietnamese Dong Nong cave. I believe I'll pull it up. I haven't. So that's, here, that's not that one. In, no, there was one in China recently. Right. There was like, there's trees not, growing not, in it. Not shit. that one. I have another yeah, one. No, different so one. Okay. Th this is from the book from the from the 1800s Christian topography, and it's this is the the model of the Earth. So you have the sun, Yo. and you have the 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 moon, I believe, and it's like a mountain, and it's in the shape of something about the tabernacle and all this crazy. Let me let me. Dude, so basically, here. what that showed me was a firmament in the form of a, a chest. Their cosmology. Put forward the yeah. idea that the world is flat. So it's actually one of the first books ever to talk about the world being flat. And it was around the uh, five, 550 AD. And it's got all these weird pictures. And let's see here. Originally written in Greek with illustrations and maps, his view of the flatness of the, the world may have been influenced by some Jewish and Eastern contemporaries. While most of the Christians of the same period maintained that earth was a sphere, the work advances that the idea that the world is flat and that the heavens form the shape of a box with a curved lid and especially attacks the idea that the heavens were spherical and in motion now known as the geocentric model of the universe wow hmm. okay right on interesting so to that guy so it is flat so here's the earth but then the celestial what we see is in the shape of a lid so hmm. It's almost like Pandora's box, I guess, because it it's kind of has Could to be. do. I mean, it said it was Greek, the first translation. That's also, a, I believe it's a Greek. Which is weird because nothing comes from Greek. Nothing comes from Latin. That's a fucking lie. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at any word and type in origin next to it, you're always going to come to Latin. And that's all they're going to say about it. Mm, interesting. And yeah. Oh, shit. Interesting. Interesting. Was it, uh, yeah. So that, but. Think about it, bro. His story. So that's all. That's his as, story. Literally. As far as we can go, as far as it comes to history is like the oldest piece of literature is the Epic of Gilgamesh. But it doesn't mean that they weren't writing stuff. Maybe that was the oldest surviving right. piece of yeah. literature. Doesn't mean that maybe a flood washed the other shit away, like the Library of Alexandria and all that stuff. But back to this hollow earth, because that's. That's where I stand. That's the camp that I really, that makes my nipples hard. A hollow earth where. Well, because a hollow earth doesn't even have to really mess with a lot of the, I mean, dare I say narrative. Like I'm not that I'm trying to believe the narrative, but you know, if, if the earth is round in a way and it's like, that's a lie they couldn't get away with or something. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how it would work, but I would still think that a hollow earth could be applicable, you know, without. So pissing too it's, many people off right song dong vietnam it's the world's biggest cave system and you talked about having uh, systems as big as manhattan well check this cave system out and my buddy lives he lives a few hours away from this in vietnam and look at the tents here bro and look at this entire cave this i've is, seen that yeah 
That's fucking, so the, that's the, big, the, yeah. This is a person, bro. So the wait time to get in here is super long. Because I told my, when my buddy first told me about this, I was like, dude, I want to go. We should go there and camp out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it's literally an entire ecosystem. There are only, there are certain species of animals only found within this cave system. That's and wild. It's got its own atmosphere. It, it produces its own clouds. It produces its own oxygen because it's got an entire rainforest on the inside of it. So you're mm-hmm. going to tell me that at one point in time, there wasn't maybe some civilization that thrived within the, look at, look at Darren Kuyu, right? Miles and miles and miles of an underground city that, that was built for, well, oh, to defend the Muslims and the Byzantine empire. And all this. No, it's bullshit, bro. There was no way that you <laughs> could have built that fast enough before you knew that they were coming, right? Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't add up like mainstream, 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 the mainstream educational system is a Rockefeller byproduct. We know this. They took over all that yeah. shit. All the textbooks. They write all the textbooks and all Absolutely. the stuff and all the information that we're getting. But the thing is, is they've been writing shit forever. And most of the books they haven't wanted around are gone. Or I would say all of them. But because to me, it's like, even when we talk about like, oh, 13 bloodlines or this or that, it's like, and then we name all the names. It's like, there's all the bad guys. It's like you ever you remember that movie Last Action Hero with, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? I don't think I <laughs> saw that movie, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It doesn't matter. But yeah, it's just like it's such a it's it seems like a cop out to me where it's like, oh yeah, those are all the bad guys. Go get them. It's like that they're giving us those names. Like all the names that we could say out loud, we're probably not. We're I don't think we're on the right course. I agree. You know? I agree. I mean, the ones I, that you don't know degree. about is the ones that you need to worry about. Yeah, I mean, and we're not talking like, oh, that guy, like, you know, doesn't act like he's in charge, but he is. You know, he's he's in charge of a defense company, but he's kind of running the country behind Bush's back. And that's not what we're talking about. We know those names. We know all of their names. Those are not, you know, even Rothschild and all that still front families for something much more inner circle, I think. How wild this is, bro. So. What ends up happening is that and I've seen how this is formed in, in a document. I think it was a documentary or something in what you're talking about in China. But essentially, there's years and years of buildup of rock. And then it's like it's like Swiss cheese on the inside. And eventually, uh, an open part of pocket will break up to the surface how you see here. And that's mm-hmm. what lets all the light in in order for an entire forest like this one down here to start growing. So you have these openings where the light comes in. And that's where you get all this vegetation starting to grow because you have the underground, you have water that runs all throughout this. So if it has water and it has sunlight, boom, you got boom. the plants and it starts to grow. Yeah, man. I mean, no, it's great. like the pores of the planet. It? Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So I totally agree that it could, there could be massive, massive undiscovered or, you know, hidden caves that have probably, they're probably in conjunction with a number of bases. Like how many dumbs did they say are supposedly around the world internationally? Like 57 or maybe 157. I can't remember, but still oh, you say? like the dumbs, the deep underground military bases. Oh yeah. Like at some point there was like a number thrown out and like how many are supposedly around the world. And it's whether it was 50 or 150, either way, 50 is pretty ridiculous. And they're probably in areas that have access to, these underground cave systems. I wouldn't doubt at all 
like that's the thing about like ancient aliens uh the gaia show ancient civilizations like all those kind of shows that are kind of like hokey and they seem pro like programming they're just programming it with like fucking ancient aliens but to me it's all <laughs> ancient humans it's like yeah. this is real and we know two percent of what really has been going on human wise on this planet since mm -hmm. since our conception because we've been around a lot lot longer than they say i had um michael cremo of forbidden knowledge or forbidden archaeology uh on my show early on like a year and a half ago and he him and his team found human remains that were in unagitated sediment that was four million years old what but of course he's been discredited and you know all that just That's the same fucking the same crazy thing. bro <laughs> and excuse me yeah i think there was a more recent uh, brandon from expanding reality uh podcast shout out to brandon he posted something today about something that was like two million year he old fire. He, he stays posting some fire bro yeah yeah man lately holy shit he's been throwing out some crazy stuff he's been finding some wild wild things and mm. one of them was this like two million year old modern human tooth that was discovered recently so i don't know if this is the video that i saw originally but this is a sinkhole that opened up in china that led to this discovery of this massive cave system it's i don't think it's the wild. one where it's the underground oh, here we go right here this is the one the mystery yeah this is 47 minutes long. i'll send you this but essentially they found underground underground forests and i don't know if it That's was the same amazing. sinkhole or not but dude these guys i watched this entire thing it's really fascinating and they go around, they talk about how these places are formed, dude. And check this out. I'm, I'm going to find one where they're climbing up and you see just the massiveness. So they're trying to find certain rock in here that would that would tell them, like, how it was made or whatever. And yeah. they're trying to find it and study it. But, dude, they go into this cave. So they're swimming in this water, dude. I don't oh know if you've ever seen these these under, underground caverns. Oh, yeah, man. Dude, the Descent movies. is one of my yeah. favorite horror movies of all time. And my buddy and I walked into that theater thinking this was just going to be some cheese ball horror flick. Like, let's just laugh for an hour and a half. We walked out of there like, I am never going spelunking. Check this out, bro. Ever. Look at this. <laughs> so they zoom out and you see the massiveness dude. Of, of this place. That's the thing about cave systems and mountains. When you try to photograph and film trips yeah. down caves and up mountains this when you bring it back home it's never the right magnitude like it never delivers that but that's pretty good right there that's a pretty intense shot Look right that. there wow damn oh, dude this I'm thing for those it. listening this thing is like this opening is like the size of wow like a building basically so like imagine, a giant building. i like to i like to envision how the the ancient people would have would have lived imagine see, let me pull this up again imagine and i'm We'll post the, the, the video version. Imagine seeing a, a cave opening like this as some prehistoric man, right? You have your little loincloth, right? Covering your balls or whatever. And you got the spear in your hand. <laughs> and seeing something like this, bro, you would think like this is the entrance to another dimension, to another Absolutely. entire world. Right, Hell yeah. and that's why whatever we thought of as kids. That's how a primitive man would have probably thought. And it goes back to how you were talking about these occult groups that they understood what ancient man was talking about. And that's why you have a lot of secret societies that go underground 
Into mm-hmm. caves, you have Freemasons who go into cave systems to do their thing, right? Probably a lot of butt stuff. Who knows? But they do their <laughs> thing. And it goes back to this. It talks to our primal nature. That's why storytelling talks to our primal nature. And that's why people That's why people are so drawn to it. All these podcasts about storytelling, it goes back. It talks to that, n- number one, that inner child, and then that an- ancestral man within everybody. Absolutely. And it's like, oh, I, lo- I love a good story. I love a good movie. I love the good entertainment. It goes back to the time where they didn't have movies or entertainment or anything like that. And they were just drawing on the cave walls. And I also learned that they were drawing on the cave walls things, not because they look good, but because they use them as talismans in order to invoke whatever they were painting. So if they were painting a buffalo. They wanted to invoke a buffalo. They were practicing magic. They wanted to, they thought that they, they, that's why hieroglyphs are literal depictions. There, there, there's nothing supernatural about hieroglyphs because the ancient Egyptians believed that if they drew a donkey in this world, you know, a donkey from this world and it had two bags, two saddlebags, the donkey that they were going to draw in that world, this, this picture world, this Mundus Imaginalis world, this imaginary world that's not fake, but it's real. It's like in between, whatever. Mm-hmm. They needed to depict it like the real one because in that world, that donkey couldn't handle four bags. It could only handle the two that the real donkey here can handle. So mm-hmm. when they would paint things, they wouldn't paint things like all crazy. Obviously, they had their mythology, but they took it as literal fact. But And I believe that the mythology starts to evolve from because they believe that these these pictures as well was a way to invoke their gods. Right. It was another. And you have all the dynasties and everything. So they had an evolution of their religion and everything else as time went on. But I, I learned that recently that they were painting pictures of animals in order to invoke them. So people either hunters and gatherers. So it sounds like primitive manifestation, right? Or probably way advanced (laughs) because there was no blockage probably going, no, no past traumas really other than real traumas that they had to physically deal with and get over. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I look at, I try to look at things like really fractal, fractally and all that. And, and the individual versus the, you know, humankind, the the micro to the macro. And I look at the behavior of children and infants and things like that. And I wonder if there were periods of human history that represented those younger ages in a man's life, you know, use the archetype. Right. Um, because all the, the, you know, all the moments, all the stories that come from one's life, you can kind of see those stories mapped out onto humanity as well. These big ups and downs. Like I often say that just as an individual goes into psychotherapy and hypnotic regression or whatever to face their fears and face their past traumas so they can move forward in the present. That's kind of what we're doing. We're digging through our collective history right now and all the shit's coming out of the closet, up and out of the ground. All the bones are coming up. We're digging through our collective traumas of humanity, which some of it's, you know, based on other humans doing horrible things, but other traumas are probably from natural things that occurred. You know, a devastating asteroid hitting the planet per se that not only causes like massive death everywhere and extinctions, but like for those that survive, it causes massive, horrible lives for generations, which on a mental level, on a cognitive level, on a raising children level, on a 
you know, that is stress, anxiety, fear, just hatred, all the everything that breeds from a destruction, destructive force like that. Right. It's very similar to a child having a horrible, abusive, you know, upbringing or something. It's it's micro to macro. So I, I what you're saying about these cave drawings, it's like, man, you often hear about children being much closer to source or closer to God. And it's like, that's why they can sometimes see things, you know, this and that. It's like, well, then maybe man itself, the species was more in tune and more. It all came natural more back then. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Which is interesting. When, I don't know if you covered any of this stuff in the homunculus tales, but like the idea that perhaps through maybe not the established version of, of uh, evolution, the way they tell it, but maybe a broader spectrum. Maybe they're giving us half truth or something through evolution. You know, we kind of um, evolved out of animals. So animals are like the ultimate in tune or something, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm kind of getting out there now, but Whoa. Uh, the mean, idea of mankind being more in tune back then makes sense. It, it talks to the idea of ayahuasca being able to even be produced 50 million species of plants in the Amazon. And these guys figured out that you can only trip balls if you mix it with this MAO inhibitor and make it <laughs> edible. And you got to mix that. How many people died trying to figure that out? (laughs) Maybe, or maybe they picked the first one and it was right because they say the plants told them, you know, that's, that's the part. I've heard that interpreted as well. That was the fallen angels. Like, okay, let's hold that. Let's not throw that away. Let's use what people mean by fallen angels. Let's go into all the archetypes. Let's go into all the, the traits and personalities. And what, what's the symbolism behind these fallen angels? Well, maybe it relates to what we would agree with if we threw it out anyway. I don't know if that made any sense. Like, okay, it's not fallen angels. What is it? It's the plants. Well, it's, an, it's, a, it's a communication between mankind and, and the, the, the plant life. Okay, well, that speaks to lower vibrational, you know, that speaks to what they say in the Bible about the, the serpent anyway. It's you'll, you know, you'll, you'll be low with the animals and all that kind of shit. So it does relate to the fallen angels, even if you want to throw it away and not believe that it's fallen angels. Fine. But you can still, it's the archetype stays the same. It's all the same fucking story. So whether oh, yeah, it was yeah, just, yeah. you know, the, I guess I'm taking the the horror and fear out of it, right? It's like, yeah, you can interpret it that way, but along those same archetypal lines, following all the you know the history and the characters of who these fallen angels were and what they represented, well, yeah, they represent this lower vibrational, in tune with nature, baseline reality. What is is kind of mentality. I don't know if that was a stretch. But yeah, <laughs> I, you're not you're not too far fetched. I mean, that's the whole Darwinism thing, right? That man was the from this primordial ooze, and then there was like this 
tadpole that popped up and then that tadpole like grew legs and it turned into like some serpent and then frog that yeah, turned yeah, into yeah. like a whatever else, right like that's the whole that's the whole thing right so we have a reptilian form during while we're you know before we're born yeah you know, early on yeah yeah you look so. like a little lizard person and i think some people are, are all the ultrasounds just cgi <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna go that far like come kind on. of but I, I like that though. I like that. And the the homunculus thing, it's it's the artificial man, but it comes oh, from true, true. It comes from Aristotelian biology, which Aristotle, again, back to to this whole thing that he was inspired by Pythagoras. Aristotle, mm -hmm. whoa, who would have thought oh yeah. Pythagoras? Pythagoras was the one that came up with spermism and Pythagoras was the one that, that came up with eugenics. Pythagoras, this is Pythagorean thought. So no wonder he's revered by these secret societies like the Freemasons and whoever else. And they have statues of him. Like I had a buddy of mine uh, who's a Freemason. He has the Freemason journal. And he's like, Hey, look, they have Pythagoras in this, in this yeah, I've seen that too. journal. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, cool. Well, I mean, it goes back to that whole thing, but they believe that everything was either spontaneous generation or, sexual generation and it was really misogynist and i get into that whole thing on the on the donut episode i'll send it to you I have yeah i'm very pumped to hear that man because i i remember i honestly haven't listened or watched donut in a long time but i remember like from years ago he was everywhere he was yeah posting so much awesome content probably still is probably just extremely shadow banned or something but, but yeah i'm excited I, to hear that man I did that episode on his show, not to toot my own horn, but he did say it was the best episode he's ever done. So, <laughs> That's great. That always you know. feels nice. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, one thing that really I love is when I guess is like, "That's a great question." I go, "Yeah, man." Dude, Dude I'm like, yeah. "Say it again." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I did well. Are you telling me I did okay? Like you're fucking trying to hold it. Oh yeah. I've had that happen too. <laughs> after a guest has like paused for a good few seconds, I'm like, "Fuck." <laughs> He's like, that is it. I never thought of it that way. I'm like, oh, okay. Bugger, you had me there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, I can get a mental picture that like, like, well, and you're just like, oh shit. And like this yeah. inner monologue, like what's going on? Like some, you know, like an anime when they freeze and like, yeah. they go into like his head. He's like, oh, what's going on? It's like all in his head and shit. <laughs> and the lines are just behind him. Yeah. Oh shit, bro. It's hilarious. Yeah. But I, that, I love that one. When I guess it's like, yeah, that's a really good question. Like a fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Oh, I've had the opposite saying. too. I've had like, do you think you could try to ask me that in another way? it's it's great too because if it like i knew that i had something there so okay thank you i get to articulate it again because i mean dude speaking off the cuff all the time is like man it's pretty wild <laughs> you know there's no i i don't cut anything i don't edit anything you know i just put it out there so it just, uh, I'm just, just as dumb as, <laughs> the, as I guess it's like, man, this guy's got some really shitty questions to make. We're all just, yeah, no shit, right? Like, <laughs> boom. He just logs out, bro. He's like, man, fuck this guy in his interviews. He, I gotta I start even... tracking like how stoned or not stoned I am. Well, dude, wonder, I like I a lot of times it's the type shows. of weed. I actually do. And most of the time it's a, it's a good thing because I actually think more out of the box anyway. And come up with more questions 
mostly it's the type of weed though i think if i smoke indica i'm fucked and i usually i usually wouldn't during the day but it's a wrap yeah no i I only do sativas just because of that and i and i i recently i i mean i I got stoned the other day because i fucking ran my knee into the side of my bed and it's like a like a corner like that dude and i bro it hurts so much i saw stars dude and i'm just like in the room like like on the floor and my wife's going on i'm like I'm not just I'm just making noise. I'm not even saying words. <laughs> so I got stoned the other day because my fucking knee hurt. But I had taken a break for like almost like two months before that, and my my dreams came back. Yeah, I think I was, you were telling me that when we were talking with Dan. That's was pretty it? wild. Well, you were talking about being on a break then. Maybe I don't know. I can't. Yeah, I maybe. thought you mentioned something, or maybe I heard you talk about it. I don't know. Now I'm in know. another dimension. No, I, 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 well, that's I, I, cool, I man. I've heard that swapcast. I think. I've heard that your that your dreams come back, and I really I do miss my dreams. I miss nightmares. Like they were getting really interesting as I got older. I'm like <laughs> what do <you>, like? <laughs> so do you remember? Because uh, uh, this is what the, the science says that if if you something in THC inhibits you from not not that you don't dream, but it inhibits you from being able to remember your dreams. I remember yeah. listening to that on actually on a Joe Rogan podcast. Like, yeah, I, I did too. Upon the time. And uh, this idea, because after I, after they came back, I was able to recall my dreams, dude, like to the fucking T. But that's awesome. It's also because I did this thing that I read in this. I forgot where I got it, but it's this. It's called the skull fuck method, where you're supposed to be able to remember dreams better, and mm-hmm. you're supposed to picture a, a a giant blue dick fucking the 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 hole at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so you just think of a watch go on just go so you're supposed to uh lay down right in, in the dead man pose so you're just like this and apparently homie romy told me it was yogic or something like that i had another guy tell me it was freemason uh, freemasonic and anyways so you lay down like this and you picture a, a light so a, a huge dick coming up from your from your feet and as the dick is coming up your body you you picture it uh, illuminating your entire body and it, as it gets further and further through your body, right, you're going to insert it right into your fucking skull, like the base of your skull. And allegedly it's, I don't know. <laughs> hey, but you have 95% retention rate in your dreams. And it's helped me, bro. I promise you. It sounds that is crazy. Wild. It sounds that, yeah, it does. It sounds like something like you'd come back to me like, hey, it didn't work. What you actually tried it, man. <laughs> well, that's that's the whole thing, cause like I have people because I'm not a practicing occultist, but I do read about right. the occult a lot. And I have people like, Don't you ever wanna like I don't know, fucking try whatever you're fucking reading about? I go, Yeah, sure. I mean, but it's like it's like the Faustian pack. How much are you willing to give up? So I mean, I'll picture a blue dick coming up from my feet until the fucking bottom of my skull i'll do that but am i gonna fucking try and summon baphomet or something that's like what i was telling you before (laughs) the show where you wonder where some people and and dude i'll (laughs) any major religion if you really think about it is from some sort of divine intervention so the idea that i proposed to you at the beginning before we start recording that i always try and Whenever I'm doing research, I'm looking for that next, uh, you know, shot of dopamine and this, the, 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 oh, 
you know that, that fucking oh right. shit i love that feeling where it fucking Connections. blows your mind so i'm yeah. i'm looking for that next moment and it always seems like some researchers are always they go harder in the paint than you do harder in the fucking paint and like these famous researchers i'm like fuck where do they get their information from and quite literally there are some who have admitted to getting it from other worldly sources other worldly entities other things outside this realm of existence so not from a book you know not from a book no no from some other thing outside the fabric of reality who are we okay 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 this is awesome and we got to talk about it because i don't think you're talking about what i'm thinking but it matches up it parallels perfectly you just kind of described the entire ufo community <laughs> well i described any major world religion well even, true true even, yeah even the code of hammurabi was of divine intervention the ten commandments was divine intervention sure yeah all absolutely. these things were muhammad had a prophetic vision right from an angel right. or something like that and that's one of the world's major religion john d kelly it's and John D. and Edward Kelly talking yeah, to angels yeah. for knowledge is not out of the realm of, of, of possibility. Yeah. I guess, I mean, it's no, it's definitely not out of the realm of, of possibility that they were doing these things. Um, I kind of lost where I was going to go with that. It's just that. Um, so I, I'm going to type again. It's yeah. Name. Okay. So, well, this is what I was going to go with this, with that is that again, like I said earlier, it's that ecstatic, ineffable shocking perturbing conscious experience that your ego is just wrecked by you're helpless you're in the arms of fate and then you come back to your egoic state with your right brain logical thinking and have to make sense of it using memory <laughs> and any and nothing new just all the, your old archetypes that, that you have to build things around because that's how the brain works here at least so mm -hmm. all of these people that have and me included my mess everything every, everyone it's coming from something inside of us something that's outside of us whatever there is no inside outside in reality and we try to name it when we get back here every time and it's close but there's always some part of you or your your ego in there that goes along with it and that can be said not just on an individual level but on a cultural level too you know and that goes for the ufo community as well but even talking about religions it's the same thing talking looking at people in the ufo community that have this insane mm. this extremely powerful proud arrogant stockholm syndrome for the Aliens, government dude. And just bow down to every new puppet that comes along to tell us the truth about aliens. Yeah, man. I want to believe, but I absolutely fucking don't. <laughs> Brought to you by Pfizer. So we're talking about two completely different things. We're going in two different directions. I just needed to, yeah. I'm going to come back away from I the I sent UFOs. you a private message. Don't say what it Because <laughs> there are people listening. Fair enough. Quite literally, there are people listening, but... Eventually, the truth will be out there. But what I was talking about is people who intentionally initiate this relationship with this other thing on the outskirts of reality 
And because if you think about a UFO abduction or a person who had an experience of the phenomenon, mm-hmm. they didn't. I mean, you could say that they were that they were that they were projections of their psyche because it goes back to what the fucking Alistair Cuckley is what I call him. Alistair <laughs> Crowley talked about how Goetia, Goetic magic, is actually different sections of our brain. So it's it's things within our brains that we're able to to control. Right. So it's not demons. No, no, it's parts of your mind, parts of your subconscious. And it's what Carl Jung talked about, about the the subconscious, the dark self. And I've also heard that with all these of crossing the abyss and path working, right, occultists and bornless ritual ones where they 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 cross the abyss of the tree of life and all this shit in order to kill kill off the ego. I've also heard that if you're able to manifest your dark self, it will show you the secrets of reality. Like that's yeah. that's I've heard it put that way, and it it's, goes back to what you know we're talking about a divine intervention or demonic intervention, but you have the book of the law. You have the Alamantra workings. You have the Cairo workings where you had these entities present themselves to Crowley and he wrote books on them through a medium. So again, it's these, the outer skirts of reality, John D and Edward Kelly, they were talking to other worldly entities. And if you read the descriptions and I've read the actual source material, the actual Latin source material of John D and Edward Kelly of their seances, because they were, doing seances and they were taking copious notes and they were doing seances for up to 12, 10, 12 hours a day, bro. Mm -hmm. And a lot of their descriptions, I relate them to bro, to the Palladians, right? The, the, like the, the almost Nordic looking type of alien, their descriptions of some of these entities, some of these emperors, and and uh, they had they had emperors and governors, right? They mm-hmm. had these governors, which are like princes of hell and shit. I don't I don't know. It's something really crazy. But when they describe it, I go, it almost sounds like a like they're that they're talking to some sort of alien, like some. It is an alien thing, and the what they were what it was revealing to them. Allegedly, one of the ones gave John D a ring, and it was the same angel that gave Solomon the ring to control the demons. You have the twelve seals of Solomon. And all mm-hmm. these things. And it was the same one. And it even tells John D again, because this is all written by him. So who the fuck knows if he even, he even was making this up. But he t- <laughs> the angel's like, yeah, I was there when, when I gave a ring to Solomon. You know what I mean? Yeah. I actually know that story. Well, we, Dan and I uh, have actually briefly, unfortunately, we'll have, now that we're talking about it, I'd like to maybe dig back into it. But we were thinking about at one point digging into their work. <clears throat> because of that description, because of course, I don't know, you've, you know, the whole box saga thing is, you know, we're enraptured by that idea, or at least where that sparks into a million other ideas about history. And then, you know, I've been looking into so many different cultures, folklores, and it's always telling and it's always revealing of, of these humans that, were you know these nordic people basically these tall white-haired blue-eyed green-eyed red hair blonde hair it seems to in all the arc like you mentioned just joking you know maybe he made all this up too i don't know if it's that but 
when we were looking up a couple passages, it was like, well, that relates to this and that really, it, it all related to a lot of symbolism and box saga and things like that. And it would go and like, not just the same symbolism, but used in the same, the correct context where it would be referring to the same meaning of the symbol. So when those coincidences happen around saga, it's weird because it always happens in folklore and religion and things like that. But it also, with my eyes looking at the UFO shit, it's always happening with certain alien races too, where it's like, well, that sounds like maybe breakaway civilization, not aliens from another planet. Like I, I you know, I, cause well, I'm so just tied to into this. So I don't believe to... ancient aliens. I'm not saying that we're not being visited now or something like who knows what's going on, what the government's trying to mm-hmm. cover up and put a bunch of straw things in front of, you know, whatever that is, that's something else. But our ancient alien shit, that's a way to hide history. Mm-hmm. Folklore is all about the fair folk. You know, we've talked about mm-hmm. this, that, that, that's what I'm talking about. So yeah, you should have Jared Murphy on bro. What does he talk about? It's not aliens worse. It's us. I absolutely he, love that. And I think I might have heard that before. So yeah, and he, cool. I'll have to look he into gets that into the whole guy. thing of, of again, it wasn't aliens. It's us. It's an, a highly advanced human being. And he talks about the black aether where, uh, this, how the uh, Amazon rainforest was an out of control botanical garden. And they, mm. oh, they've always told us, Oh, it's too dense for anybody to live here. And here they are cleaning it away. It's like, Oh, entire <laughs> cities. Entire settlements of, oh, oh, that means people would have had to. Oh, okay, so people did live there. Now, yep. what's going on with history? It's, it's, it's you got to back up. And I understand that we're not going to get everything one hundred percent. I mean, if people no, don't even know. Yet. We don't even know how the fuck they built the pyramids. We don't even know what they were built for. So the idea that we're going to be able to, to decipher anything, but when pe- when these individuals, these lizard-like people the the establishment the authority the archons whatever they may be yeah. when they become the truth when they push that upon everybody else and no this is the truth that's what bothers me when they oh, tell absolutely. you you know how many miles there are in in a light year bro seven trillion miles begin to fucking comprehend that x planet is a hundred light years away or 2000 yeah. light years away or something or other and one light year is 7 trillion miles. Yeah. How did how does that even begin to make any sense at all? It like doesn't. to the rational mind you mean? Yeah. How the fuck do you imagine 7 You trillion? need abstract, right? Mathematics. I mean, like you said from the very beginning, it's the abstract, you know, it, it the incorporeal materializes everything. It, yeah. It brings the uh, incorporeal into the corporeal. And I guess only by symbolism. Cause only, I can only I have, symbolically. I have this telescope here. Oh, that that's beautiful. Awesome. It's, it's, it's back I need here one. somewhere anyways, but, and I can look at these celestial bodies, like if they're right there, but then you're going to, you know, I've looked at Saturn. I've looked at all these nebulas. I've looked at everything. That's awesome. And you're going to tell me that it's, trillions of miles billions of miles away that's crazy and i can see it from the from this tube that i have (laughs) it's you know what's funny can i just it's wild and i i 
it's like i think um shit where was i going? <laughs> um just like the whole space is fake thing like i get it you know like i get why it, it's presented that way too. a lot of times but at the same time i don't i, don't, I just you know this whole idea that they're selling us a chaotic massive universe to make us feel small like take the they out of that if any if anyone is preaching humbleness it's god because anytime i've ever been in a for me it was psychedelics for the most part in those vulnerable states of spiritual understanding and coming to grips with reality and all those kind of moments it was humbling if anything and that's what getting down on your knees when you know you're in church or whatever it is like that's what that's about anyway it's the whole symbolism behind god and you know the almighty right so yeah i don't know that's how i feel about it i'm gonna read this quote give me a second I think it's just humbling on for a good reason. Yeah. And it also shows us the fractal nature of everything, you know? Yeah. I got a, I got a bunch of fucking books. on. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I had, oh. I, I need a bookshelf in here that matches these weird walls. What Simulacra is this? And simulation. Ooh. John Baldriard, right? Yeah. Man. I've seen that before. I don't know if you showed me or someone else did, but that looks from very intriguing. So, the one of my favorite quotes and it's right at the beginning of the book because you're talking about experiencing god right yes understanding what god is and seeing him and feeling him and all this stuff yes the simulacrum is never what hides the truth it is the truth that hides the fact that there is none the simulacrum is true so at all these establishments and all these things they've taken these images and they've turned it into the deity yes that's a simulacrum it's, it's a representation it's a representation yeah. of the divine but some never supposed to be worshipped never supposed to be worshipped but then I have this book that talks about how people were falling literally in love with statues and then absolutely I, I was reading Brilliant. here that they would sacrifice so we talked about artificial intelligence and all this shit at the beginning, artificial uh, life. Yeah. And in short, I'm going to read an excerpt. In short, real people could marry statues, statues could marry each other, and real people and statues could both be sacrificed. Not a matter of artificial life, this time you might say, but artificial death. And wow. This guy, bro, I came across him by accident. Yeah. By, while, while actually doing some research on John D and Edward Kelly, actually. Oh, about, nice. About mirrors and catoptrics, uh, which is the, uh, you know, the idea of taking mirrors and reflecting everything out into each other. And mm. back then, John D was real big into this, where they believed that, the, that it, you could use the soul as a sort of mirror in order yeah. to project the astra, this, this, this light that was coming from the divine or something and you could infuse that into your real world that's magic is al-kindi which is an arabic philosopher and one of the fathers of of optics he talked about how everything is light everything mm -hmm. is light everything is an yeah. emanation of light and i believe that the people who can control that light are the magicians are the people who can bend reality 
and, sure. and, and put it on their wall. Because when you have two lights coming together, it's an alchemical process and that has an effect and that has its own effect. So my light interacting with your light has one effect. Your mm-hmm. light interacting with your wife's light has th- that effect and your children and all this stuff. And there's people who can manipulate that light. I think we're, the thing is we're all manipulating it. They just, they've been initiated to understand how to do it. So you don't destroy yourself. But unfortunately they've also gained some, the idea that you can basically sacrifice others in order to gain your own, for your own will, you know, like it goes back to the impact, bro. How much are you willing to give up Andy? And it, but it's also to, to it speaks to like the the again the 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 middle ground with Crowley and shit. Like yeah, he Crowley was was the piece of shit. Crowley was a piece of shit, and uh, I would say a lot of the ways in which on the like the public facing side of what he spoke about magic was a twisted perversion of what we all kind of naturally do all the time, and to what degree it's it's really interesting like i think a lot of us are a little aware and then a little more aware and then a little more aware and and it's so subtle and on what level it's kind of like being awake like we call ourselves awake in this community but like to what degree like oh i'm awake i'm awake because q told me what was going on is that awake right like yeah sure they're not buying into the democratic craziness that's going on okay you got one point there you're still you know what i mean we're all none of us are awake we're all fooling them fooling ourselves but <laughs> i yeah I, I i can't remember where i was going with that really but there was something that there. happens to you a lot doesn't it andy yeah yeah it's probably because i'm <laughs> actually smoking indica tonight <laughs> yeah dude i i think that the truth is stranger than fiction and I don't know, man. Like my dad died four times, bro. You know, I don't know anybody else who's died more times than my dad. All right. That's wild. He died four times. And when I asked him when he came back, I was like, bro, how was it? Did you fucking go through Dante's Inferno and battle? You know, Virgil was next to you and you were going through all the, you know, the spheres of hell and stuff like that. What was going on? Were you in heaven? And JC was like, yo, what's up? You know, he's like, nah, there's nothing. I'm like what? Not a fucking thing. Really? As in he doesn't remember anything? Like it was like waking up from a dream? He, and he, he doesn't was... remember anything, bro. Nothing. Okay. All he right. didn't see his fucking grandpa. He didn't see his grandma. He didn't see nobody, bro. Want to hear nobody. my fucked up version of death? You had a near-death experience? <laughs> yeah. Well, I so I can't say I did. I had psychedelic experiences that for some reason when I read near-death experiences. Death. Sure. I had one of those too and I saw Baffle Man, so. Oh man, that's intense. No, mine was more like understanding the cycles of things and seeing how, like, at least in this version, this is how my right brain logical thinking has put it together. So it's probably not accurate. It's probably like a little bit accurate that it's that atheism is true and faith is true at the same time and reincarnation is real, but there's no afterlife. It's almost like we have a period in between of contemplation and then we're back here. And when we realize that in real life, like it suddenly like in that moment, in that trip, I was like, oh, so that's why people commit suicide on drugs, like on psychedelics. Sometimes it's not because they think they can fly. They want 
they want to start over once they realize that it's just an endless fucking cycle and you can't oh, stop fuck, it. bro yeah so no i'm not saying it's true i'm saying that that's what was imbued by this experience now granted this was the same trip that hours earlier could have been seconds right i don't know but thousands of years earlier in that trip i was being hugged by god itself and himself herself whatever itself telling me that everything always was and always is and always will be okay mm -hmm. and so i unfortunately my right brain has reconciled both of those together because of course even if you say nothing's okay, have you ever seen I Heart Huckabees? See it if you haven't, because it's a it's way trippier. It's kind of put out there as like this poppy comedy, but it's way deep. I Heart Huckabees. And there's yeah, check that out. And it's there's a scene where this guy's having a breakdown, and like these guru people are there watching it, and he's like, "Nothing's okay," and they're like, "If nothing's okay, then it's okay," and they keep like repeating this thing, and. It sounds horrible. It sounds nihilistic on the face of it, right? It just sounds scary. But when you really look into it, no thing is okay. So it's like the concept of nothing. Mm -hmm. I understand. There's no such thing as a con. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like a paradox there. So it's it like hurt we, to be nothing. we're thinking in ego all the time. When we bring back our spiritual experiences, we're talking through this lens of the ego. And I think conscious or not a very big fear of death is pronounced in so many experiencers and i'm not trying to say that to offend anyone i really am not it's just unfortunately what i came back with for the most part and now the reason why that dmt has been sitting there for a long fucking time is because every time i've tripped since that happened like 15 years ago 20 years ago i go back to that same exact place and it's almost like a voice is going, what are you still like? It's like a janitor sweeping halls. Fucking idiot. You're still here, bro. Like, what, what are you, what are you, doing? you Why are you coming back here, man? <laughs> you got it. Just go live the now. Remember all those teachers telling you here and now? What are you doing here, man? When you go in there, when you go into that room. You had to remember again, did you? Why do you think your brain keeps repressing it when you go back to your fucking right logical thinking mind? <laughs> So when you talk about the darkness of the secrets of the universe, man. Uh... <laughs> the entities when they see Andy back again. What the fuck, yo? God damn! God damn! God damn! Fuck, fuck! Wow. I, I don't know, man. It's weird. It's like Truman Show shit, too. You ever hear anybody mm -hmm. talk psychedelics with, like, the Truman Show effect? Solipsism and shit like that? Mm -hmm. Where you get this feeling that you've created everything and it's all oh, a dream? shit. That's Whoa. a terrifying, terrifying I had a waking trip. dream the other day for the first time ever. People come back from that experience, that Truman Show experience, and just go, oh, cool. I was like kind of like seeing the collective in myself or whatever. It's like, I think it's deeper than that. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but there is something to that. It's like, maybe we're going to get out of this and we're going to realize that we see all our friends and family because those are representations that we've created in our own consciousness for whatever we were interacting Whoa, with out yeah. in the conscious world. No, that's fucked, bro. You know, and I'm not trying to be atheistic about this. I think mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm I don't know though. <laughs> no, that's crazy I'm, to think about. Because I don't think there's no God either. I feel like that's why at the end of Dogma, the only answer Alanis Morissette playing God can give Bethany or whatever her name was, was just that and she grabs her nose because you don't get to know. It's like a wink 
Like, nope. You'll never know. I don't know. It's weird. I came back thinking that like in all those endless cycles of births and deaths, you never get a chance to really, Mm -hmm. you you don't get to slow down. Mm -hmm. And if time doesn't exist, you start to see those births and deaths as split seconds. And it's just absolute insanity. That would make sense, right? It probably gets faster and faster and faster until you eventually become everything and, and nothing all at the same time. Maybe that's why suicide's a sin. Maybe it's the only way out. Yeah, I, I, and they want I, to keep. They want you to keep going. Or I've edited that exact thing out of podcast before because I know, I know. That's fair. That's totally fair. You know what I mean? Because it's too. Oh, it's way too touchy, man. I'm sorry that for that. Sucks. You know what I that's mean? that's some off podcast talk. <laughs> just to be respectful of people. But you know yeah, I mean? yeah, and I only mean that like again, like I was saying before, like in that yeah, hypothetical moment, speaking. like people. Yes, and the people that have. Is, if anyone is battling with anything, just, you know, reach out to people. You could yeah, absolutely reach out to me or if you need somebody to talk to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Jesus. Don't I didn't ever, mean to bring the conversation to these depths. <laughs> don't ever, uh, Andy's a little stone, so it's okay. And yeah, totally. Do anything irrational. Absolutely not. I no, love you. no, no. Everybody loves you. So no, quite the contrary. I think it, it, that is breaking a rule of some sort. And I don't think it's some, it's a taboo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, but I also, no, no, not talking about, I mean like it itself. Like I think you absolutely should never do that because I absolutely mm-hmm. think there's a reason why many, many, many old, old, old traditions kind of warn against doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. breaking your cycle or breaking your spiral, you know, it's premature. Stopping it before. Of- yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We went to some weird places here tonight. Yeah, this, this, got, is cool. this got fucking heavy, and we like, <laughs> like we would. You're we philosophical hollow, right off the bat. Hollow Earth, and then it would go up, and then it'd be like, no, but did you know that <laughs> that reality is fractured? Yeah. And- <laughs> Man, yeah. I guess indica does dark things <laughs> i enjoyed this bro i think this is good and yeah should, this was a fun conversation we man. should do this shit more often bro i can't have these conversations with everybody you know there's like to these kinds of depths and just accept like expect the other person to kind of know what i'm talking about without too much explanation you swim in all these waters all the time like you're immersed in this language yeah so i yeah, really no, appreciate absolutely. you and your work Thank you, man. And I appreciate you and your work, bro. And and for those that want to listen to my show at the one one podcast on all social media platforms. Hell and yeah, Andy, man. And where can people yeah, find your work? Find me at the deep share on social media, just the deep share. Uh, you can go to the deep but there's not much there. I mean, I stream my podcast there in case anybody wants to not use other platforms. So I guess that's like the baseline, you know, you can do that. But, um, but yeah, I'm on Odyssey. I'm on YouTube, pretty much everywhere. The deep share podcast. I'm on Patreon. Dan and I do a killer show where we dig, dig, dig into a lot of old history. Talking about Latin being the, probably the newest form of propaganda. Yeah. Shout out to Dan. And shout out Dan Unaki. But yeah, this was awesome one. Yeah, dude. Uh, thank you for all those that tuned in, and hopefully we'll be doing this again very soon. I'm going to have an episode out with Andy here on the Box Saga in a couple of weeks. So, And Dan, yeah. And Dan. Oh, we're going to be doing a, a roundtable too right, very soon with yes. our new friend. 
<laughs> that's going to be really fun. It's going to be interesting. So we have a lot of things in store. Make sure he- to love each other. Be kind. Absolutely. Love yourself. And yeah. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats swimming together, practice carrier. Enough, I get the point. <laughs> you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If oh. I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know and if someone else knows, okay? Ha, 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 ha.